Welcome to the Creative Financing Podcast, where you'll learn how to structure terms and use various creative financing strategies to create profitable deals for short and long-term wealth. Whether you're a buy and hold investor, wholesaler, or flipper, learning creative financing will help you do more deals and unlock profits that you may not even know existed. On the Creative Financing Podcast, we break down actual deals we and our guests are doing and simplify the methods and terms used to execute these strategies. Now, let's dive in and create some terms. Hello and welcome to the Creative Financing Podcast. I'm your host, Jonathan Gallegos, here with Jeff Rappaport. And today, guys, we're continuing our series, uh, The Big Five How-Tos. But now, uh, as we've been going through this, we're making more, <laughs> more episodes than just The Big Five. But this still you know, falls under this episode will still fall under uh, how to use a down payment. So if you guys haven't uh, listened to the last couple episodes, uh, go ahead and do that. But really they're kind of structured. So, uh, you know, we talk about each subject individually, but uh, this episode will be continuing on uh, how to use a down payment. In our last episode, we talked about, um, we talked about getting in light and, but Jeff uh, used an example where he offered over 30%. Um, and so uh, we were kind of comparing and contrasting that, but uh, really the point is with down payments is you need to get in light uh, as light as you can. But the the main thing is you need to keep the end in mind when uh, your end goal that as your exit strategy for the property when you're uh, looking at um, coming up with a down payment. And so on this episode, uh, we're going to be talking about how to offer your seller more money so that, you know, really uh, they get a lot more than maybe even, you know, 30%, right? Like our yep. last example. Um, so if you haven't caught that episode, go back and listen so that this one might make a little more sense, but we kind of ended it on the note of seller subordination. So let's talk about that, Jeff. Okay, so I don't want to go into too much depth. I'm, I'm, we're we're going to focus a little more on what the down payment, how you can use different down payments using subordination. And right. this is one of the, the true reasons why I use it. And uh, it, you know, it's funny, but I, we, we have one student in our, um, uh, creative financing Academy only because, uh, you know, the website is in the works and he just wouldn't wait until we could get up and running. And so I agreed that we would work on something. And we had a coaching call yesterday and he loves it because he's the only one in it. And, uh, he asked specifically about subordination, and uh, so let, let me explain what it is, first of all, so that you, you have a clear understanding, and second, how we can use it. And so subordination means that um, the seller is willing to subordinate their equity to a first mortgage. So that means that they are willing to take their equity in second position. Right. Uh, so what that means is that uh, for us, for, for most um, uh, 
most strategies using residential um, and subordination works even better as commercial than residential. But in terms of residential, we need the, the property to either be free and clear or to have a small mortgage on it because there can't be any debt, right? If we're going to be able to borrow in first position, then there can't be anything in first position. We, we got to pay it off. Right. So let, let me just give you a quick example. Okay. So um, we are in the midst of buying a property in Idaho that's worth 250 that we are under contract at 180 and uh, we are doing subordination. We are putting up uh, 60,000 as our down payment. So <clears throat> what, what, is that, what does that come to, Jonathan, in terms of loan to value, uh, down payment wise percentage? Based on the 180? Yeah, so that 180 is our purchase price. We're putting down 60. 5.6, oh, 180. Sorry, guys, I'm doing math in my yeah, head. It's over 30%, right? Yep, yep 30%. Okay. So this is longer term, too. So we have a five and a half year term on this. So who is our potential buyers? Just knowing that much right there. So retail, you're looking to probably retail it. Uh, it's either well, no, actually. Go ahead. I mean, it could work. Uh, it could work at, for a landlord as well, um, because if you're, you know, if well, let's see. It could. Yeah. So it's either a landlord or an owner occupant, right? Yeah. Yeah. Well, we know that really based on the amount of the, the term, right? So. We're offering five and a half years. We want someone that's going to stay in it. Um, uh, that, that's a rehabber is not staying in it. A hotel is not, we're not staying in it. Right. Right. So, yeah. um, <clears throat> so that's, that's the first thing. So um, what we're going to do is borrow $60,000. So we're going to borrow private money from anyone at Urea anyone that you know that has an uh well we would like them to have a self-directed ira but an ira that could be converted to a self-directed ira and i am you know i i, I asked my student yesterday i'm like well, what do you think you could borrow that at and he's like eight percent and i said for sure eight percent but i said i am looking for six percent and he's like, wow, do you think you can get that? And I said, well, here's my pitch. My pitch is, is that even though I am not allowed to guarantee your protection in an investment, this is about as close to a guarantee as you will ever get. Um, this property is worth $250. you are making a $60,000 loan on it. You're into it for about 23% loan to value. On top of it, uh, the seller is taking a second for $120,000 uh, for you to end up with this property or to be in default. That would mean that the seller is giving up their $120,000 equity. So you would need me to default. You would need the second mortgage holder to default. 
And then you would end up with this property for $60,000, which uh, I can assure you, you would be able to get back all of your money plus some. Right. So there's literally like no risk in these kinds of deals. Um, so that, that's the nice part. So in this case, there was a $30,000 mortgage. So we got to pay that off. So out of the 60, 30 of it's going to pay off the, the mortgage. So the no due on sale clause, no wrap, nothing like that. It's paid off. And the, the balance of the proceeds goes to the seller in first position. Okay. So now I secure my private lender in first position on the property. And now we create a second mortgage to the seller for, and the terms were five and a half years, $500 a month uh, with no interest. So principal only payments for five and a half years. And just to keep that, the, the reason I like to do principal only or, um, or very low interest is that keep in mind that first mortgage, that $60,000 in five years is still $60,000. I am paying interest only. It is not paying down. Uh, so I would like the principal balance to pay down over the course of five, five and a half years. So in this case, it'll pay down by $6,000 a year. Um, so $30,000, uh, 30, $3,000 over five and a half years. So that's how subordination works. Um, so what it allows us to do is pay the seller a little more money than, you know, if we couldn't get there by structuring it out of pocket. So um, would I have wanted to come with $60,000 down out of my pocket or one of my buyer's pockets um, in this case. I wouldn't. No. no. It's going to be like 25% of the, the value of the property. Um, going to be very difficult for me to make any money. Yep. So let, let me tell you what this gets us. This gets us truly a no money down deal. So if if we are selling this to an owner occupant, we could do a lease option. We could do owner finance um, and whatever we collect upfront from our tenant buyer or our buyer, we get to put in our pocket. So if we sell this for let's say 269.9 and we get a $30,000 down payment, well, we, we made 30 grand upfront um because there's no person I, I don't have to pay the seller any money it's all covered in the loan right second um uh we were able to pay the the seller more money so in this case you know a lot of times sellers are very concerned when they have these small balances they're still concerned that the loan may be called due um which is very rare and even more rare when there's a very small balance. I mean, that wouldn't even make sense for the lender, but uh, whatever, if, if they have it, then it provides us an opportunity to come with an idea of where we can get into this deal with no money down. Right. We could, we could just hold it and rent it. Right. Yeah. Um uh, we could do any, we have literally every exit strategy available to us. Um, so that, that's the, the 
beauty of using subordination. Now, let me explain. You want to be careful, even with subordination, of how much you are going to offer as that down payment. Because remember, you are paying six, seven, eight percent interest only. That that's going to be higher than what you are offering the seller, right? I mean, at least it better be. Um, so you should know what your cash flow is, and uh, you know when you're structuring this offer, you got to take into account your payment on your first mortgage, <clears throat> and then the payment on the second mortgage to the seller. So you want to make sure if you're selling this to a landlord, if you're selling this to, um, or you're keeping it for yourself, that you're still creating the amount of cash flow that you want. So when I'm structuring this kind of stuff, I still want to keep my down payment relatively low because you know the more I borrow, the, the higher the payment's going to be on that first which means the less I can offer the seller. So I'm trying to stay typically in the 15 to 25% range, um, depending on you know, what the purchase price of the property is. And make sure that there's still enough money left over that will be a good cash flow for me or my investor and, uh, and still be able to offer the seller a decent amount of money each month as well. Uh, now, on commercial, it's used a little differently. Um, so now you would borrow probably 70, 75% of all the money, and you would go through a bank, and you would get that loan, and then you would ask the seller to carry back your down payment of 20, 25%. Um, now that's a way that you get in with little to no money down as well. Um, now the seller might not like this as much because they're owed the last 20, 25%, right? That they're in the, that they're, they're leveraged to the hilt. Yeah. Um, so, but it is used more commonly that the reason for it is commercial loans don't mind if there's a second mortgage. Uh, residential loans do. Um, they don't want, they're not going to lend where the seller is going to lend the down payment in essence. So, right. so that's why we use it a little differently. We're using it as a small piece and, um, and then generating the rest of the terms. Um, let me give you another quick example of how I just used this. This is an offer on a property in California. I think this property is worth 850 to a million. It needs, it's a fixer upper, probably needs $150,000 in work. Um, so we came in with some offers ranging from 400, 403, which is our cash offer. Then we had a short term finance offer um, at 420 with $70,000 down again. I'm able to offer more down because this is short term and I'm, you know, this is so I can gain control of the property and um, make it enticing for the seller. This, the seller is two daughters that have inherited the house and it's too big. It's too much for them to handle. There's a very small debt. It's like $15,000, but 
I, I don't know what the payment is. Um, so and then I offered him $2,500 a month principal only. Do I care what the monthly payment is? Uh, I mean, this is going to be for a six month term. Uh, oh. Do I care really what the down payment is? I mean, if I have this money, do I care? Not really. Is your down payment going to be paying off their first mortgage? Yes. Okay. Yes. Yeah. Actually, it even says underlying mortgage would be paid in full. Balance yeah. of the proceeds would go to the seller. Yeah. That way they don't have any payment to deal with. No. And, um, and with principal only, I mean, that's that's all just getting taken off the the top of what you owe them. So Yeah, I'm just paying. Yeah, I'm, that I'm back getting all that it. money back um, as soon as I sell it. So uh, let, let me try to make life easier for them. Okay. Yeah. But then I came up with a third offer. Okay. And this, th this isn't normally how I use subordination, but, um, I realized that first of all, they said they were not open to terms, only cash. And, uh, and I respect that, but I also know they have a really small balance and they would only have to wait on their cash a short period of time. So I wanted to show them that they can make significantly more money if they would look at, you know, this different, if they look at some different strategies yeah. and if I could figure out a way to get them a significant amount of money and or cash flow to tide them over for, you know, four to eight months, something like that. Yeah. So. Yeah. So what we did is we came up to 435. So this is already $32,000 more than our cash offer. And what I offered was the down payment of $150,000. And this would be, so we'd pay off the first, you know, 15 grand. The balance of the proceeds would go to the seller. And then uh, 285 would be their, their equity that would be secured in second position. And I was going to pay $1,500 a month, uh, principal only. And while we're doing this, obviously we cover all the taxes, the insurance, the, um, any other expenses, you know, utilities, whatever sellers have none. Um, I asked for eight months on this, but to be honest, probably could get it done in six. Um, and now I have, <coughs> I have a choice now, this is the last thing I want to talk about with subordination and we'll wrap this up. So subordination works much better if you are planning on staying in this deal. So uh, in this case, I don't, this would be a little different to wholesale. Could I? Yes, I could. But trying to explain this to your buyer that, hey, so you got to come with an assignment fee of let's say fifty thousand dollars that you got to pay to me, okay? Yeah. And then you got to go get a loan, private money or hard money or whatever in first position of one hundred and fifty thousand. Yeah. Then you're going to have a second loan of this, and you know that's how you're going to finance the property. Now it's possible, right? Yeah. You could explain it, but it's probably not the best. So to me, you are making these offers um, with you being involved um, to some degree. So I made this offer because, hey, if I can buy it, how much money is coming out of my pocket if I buy it this way? None. 
not one penny, right? Mm-hmm. Um, so I'm not much of a rehabber, but hey, depending on what this house needed, maybe I'd rehab it. Um, if I, I don't want to rehab it, can I go wholetail it? Yes. Could I go clean it up and do what I needed to? Yes. Um, so I have control over this. Could I just sell this outright um, for someone that, uh, you know, I, I could, if I'm going to do a double close, wouldn't I rather do it like this? Yeah. Um, uh, so let's say I'm going to make $150,000 on this deal and I'm afraid to show my assignment fee to my buyer. So, all right, I'm just going to buy it. Uh, yes, I will have a set of closing costs here. Um, but I don't need any transactional funding, hopefully. Um, I'm borrowing the 150 grand. Um, so, and it's short term. I, I mean, it might be super short term. Yeah. Uh, and yep, then I'm going to turn around and I'm going to sell it to someone for cash. And, but I don't know that you, you will open up a whole, <laughs> you have to really understand how to explain this. Um, and you'll probably lose some buyers because they don't get it. But great way to one, stay in your deals longer term. <clears throat> And make the spreads either through rents or rent to own or selling on terms because you're getting in with little to no money down. Um, you're going to get in with no money down. And you're going to create three um, cash flow opportunities up front with a down payment, the monthly passive income. And then when they refinance or purchase the property at the end, you probably will get equity then as well. So just keep in mind that you need to take into account both loans in terms of payments and make sure that they still make sense, uh, whether it's cash flow for you, your buyer, or your owner occupant. Right. So uh, on that Idaho one, what are you guys going to do with that one? So the goal would be is I am going to buy it and then I'm going to turn around and most likely resell it on terms and so i would sell it for let's say 270 uh-huh. with 30 down um i think we decided it would be about a seven and a half percent interest rate which would create i believe it, almost a 600 dollar a month cash flow and uh-huh. then we have a pretty sizable back end because if we're selling it for let's say 270 minus 30, our buyer would still owe us 240. But we bought this at 180, um, and we're reducing our principal by 500 dollars a month, um, which is going to be more than what the the buyer's uh, principal is going down. So we'll realize like another 60 plus thousand dollars at the on the back end. Correct. Yeah. yeah. So 30 up front, you know, almost $600 a month cash flow, and then, you know, 60 plus thousand on the back end. And then how about the California property? So the California property, really, what the goal here, here, here is, is to um, gain control. And so uh, control would be 
hey, if we get the cash deal accepted, then we're going to wholesale it. Um, if we get the short-term finance deal or the subordination deal um, accepted, then what I would do is, one, I'm going to verify the condition of the house, right? And determine really, you know, I'll probably ask a couple of realtors to go over there and, you know, give me an idea of what it would sell for and how quickly, um, you know, on the market. And Mm -hmm. so uh, with the short-term finance offer, I could certainly wholesale it if I decide to, or I can purchase it, either do a double close, either do a wholesale or, or a retail if I wanted to rehab it. Same with um, option one. Although if option one gets accepted, not sure that I would be really looking to wholesale it. I could if I needed to, if you know I did my due diligence and um, you know for whatever reason, I don't want to buy it. Um, I could go structure it. I, I could explain this in a way that you know I could find the buyer for it. So yeah, um, really what I'm doing, and th- this is the crucial part that people need to understand when you're using terms and you are a wholesaler, you need to not only think about what your buyer is wanting, you need to understand what your seller is wanting because if you don't get the, the offer accepted, it doesn't matter what your buyer wants, right? Yep. So. Um, and that's what I see a lot of with our listeners is that um, they become very um, tunnel vision in that they're structuring things that work either for them or for their buyer, but they're forgetting about the seller. Yeah. Yeah. And you don't get the deal if it doesn't work for the seller. Right. I mean, if you don't get that accepted, you have nothing to go sell. Yeah. What did you say the... Um... What do you think the uh, California property's worth? Eight fifty to a million. Whoa! So you yeah. got a huge spread there. I know. <laughs> wow. Okay. Well, I'll have to follow up with you on that one. Yeah. That's a crazy big one. Yeah, we have another one too. That um, same kind of situation. Uh, it's in Louisiana. Uh, uh, we already have a contract out. We're just waiting to, for it to get signed, uh, custom built home. And, you know, it was in 2018, it was on the market briefly for 700 and then 650. Uh, and that yeah, we know what's happened over the last three years. Yeah. Uh, we, we sent out the contract for 400,000. So, um, Hopefully we'll get it signed here in the next little bit. And uh, again, yeah, we're, we're, you know, big deal because that that property could probably just be put right back on the market. I mean, it's an, it's an excellent condition. Wow. Nice. I love it. Cool. Well, guys, I hope, uh, I hope these last couple episodes have really helped you understand how to use down payments and in what scenarios you can offer more and what scenarios you, you can't. Again, it greatly depends upon uh, your exit strategy and you know also the condition of the property. So just keep those things in mind as you're thinking about down payments. And hopefully this has helped you to better understand uh, how to use them in different ways. 
guys, if you want to reach us, um, hit us up on our Facebook group. Uh, the creative financing podcast is our Facebook group. Hit us up there. If you haven't joined that, go, go join that. If you got a deal that you're working on and you need, uh, you need help with, um, you know, post it on that, post it on our group. Uh, you know, I'm on there, Jeff's on there. Um, and you know, we, we're trying to build that community of, uh, of other like-minded people that can jump in and say, okay, we'll try structuring terms this way or that way. Um, all of our episodes are at the creative financing podcast.com. Uh, that's our archive. If you guys are interested in Jeff's apprenticeship program, uh, it's a wholesaling-based program nationwide. Um, contact Rebecca, send her an email, Rebecca at weofferoptions.com. And uh, if you guys have not yet got uh, special access to a step-by-step -step video that Jeff did, go back and get that by texting 877 nine zero just text creative financing or cfp again eight seven seven four zero nine eight zero nine zero and what else jeff you creative know? financing academy um where we yeah. focus strictly on creative financing teaching you how to uh use all these different techniques and strategies and why so that uh you can uh absolutely either supplement your business or create a whole business in itself uh is almost up and running so by the time that hopefully you hear this that we will be up and running so uh, you can contact either through the facebook group or the hotline number uh if you'd like more information about it okay till next time guys go out there and create some terms Thanks for listening to the Creative Financing Podcast. We need your feedback to continue to bring you the best strategies in creative financing. So please subscribe, rate, and review this show on iTunes or wherever you get your podcasts. We greatly appreciate your ear and please pass this on. Until next time, create some terms. This show offers general information on creative financing strategies and real estate investments. Nothing contained herein should be considered personal, legal, or financial advice. Every state has individual laws governing the use and type of documents used to execute strategies discussed herein. You should consult with a local licensed real estate broker and attorney before relying on any information contained herein. Information is not guaranteed, and opinions of the guests are their own. Profits are not guaranteed, and there's always inherent risk in real estate investing.